This week's episode is sponsored by HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Thanks to them for supporting the Edition podcast. Welcome to the edition, your ind- your independent source of media, digital media, and streaming news. I'm so excited to have a fellow Brit, a fellow traveller on the media beat here in the UK with me. It's Esther Thorpe from Media Voices. Hello, Esther. Hello, hello again. Yes, great to have you back. It's been far <laughs> too long. You've been doing things like having children and other distractions since we've last spoken, but I'm glad to have you back. <laughs> and um first of all I guess I owe you a thank you because it was you lot who organized the event where the the edition was named as best solo newsletter you guys are behind the newsletter awards and the publisher news uh, the publisher podcaster awards where I've been a judge as well so you've been, organized both those great events well as you know in that case it's not um it's not us who chooses the winners it's the independent panel of judges so that that success is all on you more than happy Yeah to well <laughs> uh, and the check I sent you guys in the post obviously helps as well but <laughs> I'll ask uh, Chris about that He's all right he's crashed it don't worry um but quickly for people that don't know what is media voices why should people be subscribed and reading to you uh, so we started out as a, um, a podcast, much like you. Um, we're now, um, I'd like to think like a B2B publication now. That feels a bit more official. Um, but yeah, we do We do like analysis. We've got a daily newsletter. Um, we've got a community, which is what I think we're going to be talking about yes. this week. Uh, so yeah, we're sort of fully fledged, but very, very tiny B2B media publication, uh, UK-based. And I do that with my colleagues, uh, Peter Houston and Chris Sutcliffe. Who have both, I've had the pleasure of having them on the show um yeah it's great I read media voices every day sometimes occasionally you even let me feature in it as well as the occasional in there as well which is always <laughs> nice but yeah it's great it's a really nice sum up of the key media news each morning UK time um but you mentioned you just started a community on there let's explore what that means because it's becoming an increasingly important part of media organizations and in your case I know this because I'm a member and ha- have posted things you guys have what we would think of almost as an old-fashioned message board in some ways. You've got different <laughs> topics. You've got different people contributing to different conversations. And people are chipping in. We're having great conversations about all different aspects of the media. Let's let's be blunt. It looks like something out of 2003. but <laughs> I, I like that vibe. Yeah, I, I think... Am. I think... <laughs> I think a lot of I'm in for I'm always in for retro. I, so don't, if you're saying it's a bad thing, I'm saying it is a another an advantage in your favour. <laughs> yeah, John, I mean it's it's something we've wanted to do for absolute years. We've always, you know, whenever we've had a team meeting, we've been like, oh, we should launch this. But actually I think kind of the, the sparking point was um we spoke to Mark Alka, who runs singletrackworld.com. And they have um an enormous like they have basically a, a WordPress plugin that has this forum on their site. And it basically drives most of the site traffic, like in the community, and it brings all the people together. And it it ends up just being a really great point to discuss what the single track world team have been up to, you know, the events they've got coming up, the the bikes and whatever mountain bikey stuff people discuss, but also other things as well. I think they've got a sort of you know, no politics, no religion rule, but other yeah. than that, it's anything goes. And Mark said that launching that had basically been the single sort of biggest driving decision in really making this taking the site to the next level um because it just you know keeps people on the site for longer it it really builds that community feeling Uh, Um, what i'm hearing is you described that which is obviously all about cycling 
you, your site, which is basically full of media nerds, again, said as a compliment, not as a disparagement, is it really works, particularly when it's niche. So people who are into cycling are really into cycling. Yeah. I love talking to people who are really into cycling. I know this because I have a bike. I like cycling. Sometimes I make the mistake of looking for stuff online about cycling. So like people who are into, there's certain things and it can really be any topic, but there are certain areas where people are really into stuff and publications about that stuff need to, it feels to me, have a community aspect because if, uh, as you're talking, it facilitates conversation for people who are really into that niche. People who are reading media voices are really into the media and know a lot about the media and want to discuss that with other people who are really into the media. But you know, there's not that many examples, which I'm actually quite surprised. At. I think that hmm. the only other one that really sprung to mind when we were looking at this was actually Piston Heads, which okay. is a, um, a a sort of mo- a, a motor car. Again, um, uh, yeah. a niche in area <laughs> where people who are into it are really into it yeah yeah um but that i think i'm gonna have to check this but i think they got sold um about five six years ago and it was that community that added that huge value to oh. it um and oh, i think we hear we hear a lot of people talk these days about community and people say oh, we've got a great community um and this is a little bit of a personal bugbear of mine is that yeah we're friends oh, all right all right here we go so People often conflate community and audience, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with having a strong audience. But people say, oh, we've got we've got a really strong community when they actually mean audience. Unless your audience can talk to each other. And to you. Have a com- and, and to you. And there is that sort of almost three-way conversation where not only can they communicate with you and you can communicate with them, but they can communicate with each other. You don't have a community. You have an audience. And I think you need to be clear which one you've got before you're starting on strategies for them. And the number of websites I've been to where they've been like, oh, we've got a fantastic community. And it's like, there is no way for me to talk to anybody else on this website or, you know, around this. And there's there's a couple of publishers that got very good Facebook groups, there's a couple of indie publishers that got very good Facebook groups. That's where you're starting to get a community. Uh, that's on somebody else's platform and that's a whole other discussion. But it's, it's that thing that... that you know, there's audience versus community that you can't conflate the two terms. No, I think that's a really good point because, I mean, I think as a general rule, the word community has become increasingly misused and mm. often meaningless. But that's perhaps a different and more political conversation that we're going to have on this show. But I think what your what your point says to me is that communities become a bit of a watchword, and publishers you know, like to use that just for because it sounds good and friendly and it sounds nice to advertisers, I guess. But like a major national newspaper does not have a community. It has an audience. It may have people that talk to each other in the comment section. It may have people that really enjoy, say, doing the crossword. That's um, That may be within subsections of a big publication, they might have a community. So the people that do the crossword every day and like to share and talk about it. Maybe I could give you that. But as a general rule, a national newspaper cannot possibly have a community. You're right. It has an audience. Whereas niche publications like yours and mine and the other examples you've given, which I think hit the nail absolutely on the head, they have a community. And the point is that's not a luxury. It is essential to the functioning of those publications. Yeah, it's turning it from a one-way street into a into a proper proper two-way street 
yeah well, it, it is but yeah 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 no it absolutely is and it's really important so what kind of look let's be clear you're in very very early days of doing this it's yeah we're, we're four weeks old at this point <laughs> right I mean it might be four and a half by the time you listen to this show it's hardly gonna these things as this conversation will show take real hard work to actually take off um but how how are you the early early roots of this how how are you seeing that support what you're doing at Media Voices we we were met with kind of really interesting mixed response some people were like oh this is amazing and other people were like guys the <laughs> you know how much hard work this is going to take yeah yeah yeah. like when we're under no illusion that the road ahead is is long um but i think particularly with um certainly for media people i I don't know if you found the same but i've really felt the loss of twitter quite keenly there was a really good media community on there and and i'd say that with the proper use of the term community you know we post stuff we post discussions um people are sort of post their thoughts all the time and and you get this response and there was there was sort of quite a nice uk crew um and it sort of feels like certainly over the last eight months everybody's abandoned that and you know you can post something now that it's absolute cricket and i don't know if that's the algorithm suppressing or if people are just not going on there anymore but or a combination it's sort of, of all of it yeah more, most likely <laughs> Yeah, and I yeah I think I think plenty of people with um, more integrity than me have felt that they can't actually support a platform run by Musk anymore. Well, uh, I mean, um, this is a whole a slight diversion, but we're talking actually on the day you and I are recording this a few days before the show goes out. It's the day where we've started to see Twitter no longer include headlines or descriptions of news articles if you post a news article. So if I post an article from the Media Voices website. Uh, it just has whatever picture you've chosen now. It just looks like you've posted a picture. And... So yeah, it's just it's just getting such like it's so hostile to ironically the people who were hardcore users of it. Correct, you know, journalists. And, and uh, LinkedIn, uh, like I don't know how you're finding LinkedIn. I I am a chronic underuser of LinkedIn. <laughs> um, let's just leave it at that. But I just I just don't like it. It's it's just a bit too. I can't think of any politer way of saying it than wanky. Like it just brings out that side of people where, again, mm-hmm. nobody's nobody's putting up like their honest thoughts and opinions, which Twitter was very, very good at. You know, people, yep. people were fairly unfiltered on there. LinkedIn is just like, you almost don't want to post something in case it goes completely viral and you get in trouble with your boss. Like it's okay. just, it's not the same. There's some useful stuff. There's quite a lot of cringe on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. But what you're also demonstrating, and I, I discussed this a bit when we were talking about blogging and newsletters and podcasts with Rob Dunwood is it's also about owning your community because the fact that at a click of a button or more realistically a, a change of code news articles can look completely different on Twitter at frankly the click of a button a Facebook group can see engagement tank and this is what happened with LinkedIn about seven or eight years ago LinkedIn groups used to be a huge huge thing people would join them um, and then it's almost like they became so sort of overpowered that everybody joined them posted spam LinkedIn sort of turned the algorithm dial down to deal with the spam and now like LinkedIn groups Media Voices has got a LinkedIn group with with one and a half thousand people in it you post in there it is absolute crickets and that's not that's not because the people now are on, on it or interested. It's because it doesn't get shown to anybody. Yeah, and it's so, not because the people who are contributing <laughs> are boring. It's just 
Well, I mean, we might just be posting really boring stuff. No. Like, I Facebook, talking... Facebook was exactly the same with yeah. pages. Yeah, you know, again, we've got we've got like 1,700 Facebook followers on our page. You post there and it's shown to 20 people and you're yeah. like, what's the point? Why would you build on somebody else's platform? Um, and some of that, of course, is because they want you to pay for advertising to get it's all about funneling you into pay to for reach all the people that have chosen to see your stuff, right? You have to pay. Yeah. That that is obviously an ongoing issue as well. But I know when you first emailed me and all your subscribers telling us about the new community, I noticed that it was on your website. You weren't doing it through any kind of third party platform and was part of that decision because you, to put it bluntly, wanted to own your community. Yeah, almost entirely. We're, we're backwards and forwards over all sorts. I mean, there's all sorts of tools you can use. There's, yeah, mm. there's Discord, there's, um, trying to think of the ones that aren't meta-owned, WhatsApp, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, gosh, what's community? Oh, I mean, uh, Slack. Slack's quite Slack, a good Slack, you could have, I guess, Twitch has various things, but I don't know if you guys would fancy live streaming at any point. Actually, <laughs> of course, Chris does, but that's yeah. separate to, to Media Voices. Yeah, we, we, we've done we've done a bit of live streaming from Chris's Twitch, actually, but... Uh... <laughs> It's a different thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's um, it sort of puts you in that almost broadcaster seat. Yes. And yes, people can contribute and, and chat and stuff, but it, it's not quite where our audience is. And we, we sort of have to look at like what will people likely to sign up for an account for? Well, they know us, they trust our site, so they're most like, you know, I, I hope they'll be willing to sign up for an account on our site. Um, you know, four weeks in, we've got 75 people signed up. It's um, a good conversation. About... And also, I guess the point is, why do you... First of all, you you always want to limit the places you're telling people to go to mm -hmm. make their life easier and to make your life easier. And why, in most cases, do you want to direct people to something else? Now, okay, I get it on a YouTube channel or a podcast app. Like, those are hosting platforms. But, also, you know, you can still put YouTube videos, for example, on your website. You link to podcast episodes on your website. I, obviously, Substack does that for me. It's is you want to try and limit the places where you're sending your audience and consolidate people. And I guess having a community on that same website helps do that. I mean, we've already seen a boost in newsletter signups for it. And we've, seen, you know, we've had people sign up to the newsletter that, that sort of an hour before it signed up to the community. So people are, if, yeah, I don't know if it's through recommendations, they're finding the community and going, oh, these guys also have a newsletter. And they wouldn't have seen that if we'd have just you know done a Facebook group or WhatsApp group or whatever. Um, the challenge with having something on your own site as many people know, is getting people to go there and getting people to go there regularly, which is where we're hoping the newsletter actually ties in quite nicely. Um, and if you're a subscriber to our newsletter, there's like a little grey box every day that's like, oh, here's what's going on in the community forum. So if you don't have Media Voices bookmarked as your homepage, which I mean, why wouldn't you? <laughs> I mean, it's outrageous um, if you don't. <laughs> there's like, there's a driver every day your to go Your bookmark should there. be the addition <laughs> on what one bookmark then media voices and then Absolutely. you know whatever other less important nonsense like your email <laughs> or something yeah um so yeah, it's just it's just the idea like we we didn't want to reinvent the wheel um no. there seems to be i have zero trust for any platforms at all um i know i know i've got i'm a member of a few whatsapp groups um and facebook groups that are, are quite good at the moment like actual communities that are quite good but are these just... professional or like personal you know there's the classic, obviously, street community thing, you know. Mm. Um, there's two. There's two that I'm. I find particularly good. One is one is a WhatsApp group. It's called a Media Entrepreneurs WhatsApp, WhatsApp group, um, and that's one that kind of you have to be like invited to, and yeah. it's kept quite limited. I think there's about like two hundred. Need to be elite like you. I understand. 
Um, but that one is the problem I find with it is that WhatsApp for me is somewhere that I have personal conversations with friends and family. Yes, yes. And that is then like right in that. And it means that I see it every day, but I have also actually muted the group and I only now dip in sort of when I want to because it's just, you know, I've got my mum messaging me about, you know, I don't know, like pasta for dinner or something. And we've then got <laughs> the me- like the media stuff coming in. It's just a bit. Yeah. But maybe that's just me and my time in life as a sort of yeah, busy no, mum. I think that's a, it's quite a salient point, actually. We associate different platforms with different things. So, yeah, you and I might WhatsApp each other to say, have you seen this? Or like, shall we go for a glass of wine? And you go, yes, please, I am escaping. Um, you know, something like that. But probably I wouldn't like it if you were sending me headlines every day. I like that from an email. Although ironically, I'm just doing our newsletter. And um, yeah, there's a story about how Reach is is basically using WhatsApp to do exactly that. Send loads of headlines out. So well, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's, for me, I just prefer to keep kind of that app as my personal space. And Yeah, and I think lots of people, but I think that's also a very cultural thing as well. Yeah. I, think, I think there are different countries that use WhatsApp and frankly, loads of different platforms in different ways. Anyway, we've got a lot more to discuss, but first I want to thank the sponsors of today's episode. This week's show is sponsored by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trip to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. A crazy schedule can make it easy to fall back into your dinnertime recipe rut. Keep mealtime exciting with over 40 recipes to choose from every week, so there's always something delicious to discover with HelloFresh. Even though the fall can feel jam-packed, HelloFresh makes whipping up a home-cooked dinner actually doable with quick and easy options, including their 15-minute meals. That's less time than it takes to get delivery. And with everything pre-portioned and delivered right to your door every week, it really is a no-brainer. I've used HelloFresh in the past and I'm delighted to have them back supporting the show. I always really appreciated the variety of meals on offer and the high quality of the produce. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50 edition and use code 50 edition for 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50 edition and use code 50 edition for 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Thanks to them for supporting this show. I'm here with Esther Thorpe from Media Boys. We're chatting all things community. Now, that kind of sounds like a loose word. As we said earlier on in the show, it has become used so much, it's become meaningless. But I think for certain publications, as we said, particularly niche publications, it does mean quite a lot. And look, I read it in your newsletter every day. I write about it quite a lot, (laughs) the pressures that are on publishers and how hard it is to build an audience, keep advertisers, get subscribers, whatever. And we know that a few things have happened over the years. Direct-to-consumer is really important and has become more important recently. And you might not have a lot of people reading you, but they have to be very engaged. And both those things can work. You might not have a huge audience, but you certainly need a committed audience. And building this idea of a community, a forum, whatever platform has got to be so important for so many of those kinds of publishers moving forward. And I think, I mean, I don't know what you think about that, but it seems to me that like doing things like a forum, committing the time to it is going to be really 
crucial in sustaining media business in this kind of tumultuous phase that we always seem to be in? Yeah, it, it's quite it's quite difficult to talk about this as a, like a general thing because, like you said, for, for news publishers it's one kettle of fish, for yeah. you know, magazine publishers it's another. Um, I don't think it's it's not the sort of thing that couldn't work for any publisher. I think you just have to find that audience. So I think the, the Athletic actually. Um, yes. I was reading. Oh gosh, what was I? What were they doing? They were doing something with their community, and the, and that's the New York Times has sort of recognised that. And we're like, actually, we're going to double down on that kind of elite sporting coverage community. I've forgotten what platform they're publishing. Well, um, the Athletic. The Athletic also do things like, obviously, they do some slightly one-way conversations. But on the Athletic podcast I listen to, they obviously have reader questions. Um, yes, they're doing that was it. It was like a radio thing they were doing that, that they were actually like yeah. getting people involved in sort of really bringing people in. And that's starting to get to that kind of idea of community and, and people, people actually, yeah, having that relationship with you. Because well, it, it doesn't just mean way. people sending messages. It, does, it doesn't just have to be people sending messages to each other. There are lots of ways to do this. Mm. Obviously, I'm sorry to ask you this. I've waited till we've got part way into the show to do this to you. But obviously, the big fear people have when they start these things. You've talked about the time it takes, but what people really mean when they're talking about time is moderation and moderating the comments, dealing with the uh, less pleasant comments, setting out the rules that they want within their community. And for some publications, that's just not worth the time, is it? It's more trouble than it's worth. Yeah, and I think that's that's again we're probably being sort of slightly niche, slightly smaller. That's not a problem I anticipate us having for another couple of years yet. Probably being realistic. Well, I'm going to um... start posting a piece immediately, <laughs> but <laughs> got a very quick ban button. Yeah. Oh, I got <laughs> no, it. But, like, but we did again. This is where talking to Mark Alka really helped because he they've got like seventy five thousand people on their forum now. Wow. So he's already been through this huge journey with it, and he said. You need to think straight up. What are your community values? Um, what are you going to do about moderation? Um, so yeah, we've written some community rules, which is basically boils down to don't be a dick. Yeah. Um, but it's I, again, I think because we're, we're because we are primarily professional forum, and I'm not expecting people really to get into religion or politics okay. or anything else in here. Um, the most con- the most controversy we've had so far has been over Rupert Murdoch stepping down. <laughs> <laughs> like like people because people even though it's sort of username based because people i think are aware of that we know who they are sure. you know, there's that sort of incentive to be a bit politer i think yeah. possibly a bit like a bit like twitter like unless you had an anonymous account on twitter if you had a professional account you were very wary of who was reading what you're reading what you're saying of course there for people who are listening to this and thinking okay you've convinced me i've got to start this kind of thing with my newsletter my blog my youtube channel there's one thing I've noticed a lot when talking to you and talking to other people who have embarked on this kind of thing. The platform you choose to do it on really does matter. And the first one you pick doesn't necessarily work. So for you, it might be working great that, that this forum is on your website. But I know of other places where Facebook group did okay, nothing special, but they moved to Discord and it really took off. And it, that can be very dependent on your show, on your newsletter. And just because it doesn't, as I say, just because it doesn't work the first time doesn't mean it's not going to work or not going to be a thing that's of value. Yeah, and I, I think that's going to entirely depend on your audience. So if yes. you're a, um, and, and the, the key thing you have to think about here is how are you going to make sure people 
go back to that every day for us we can build it on our website because we've got a newsletter with a lot of subscribers yep. so we can say every day in the newsletter come back to our website come and discuss it here come discuss it here if we didn't have the newsletter there would literally be no point us building it on our website because people like <laughs> i joke but we're not bookmarked if you've got um i'm trying to think of a publication off the top of my head um if you're maybe somebody like um oh uh good housekeeping yep and your audience is sort of 40, 40 plus women. There's an awful lot of them on Facebook. So do a Facebook, like, don't build your community on somebody else's platform. If they're on Facebook and they go to Facebook every day, that is potentially where you could be looking at going to start building that. Yep. If you trust Meta not to turn down their groups. <laughs> no, um, but, but you, you know what I mean? Like, like you don't have to build the community there necessarily, but that's somewhere we can start signposting people and saying, this is where to build it. I mean, Discord, I think, is it's got a bit more of a reputation for sort of gaming and nerdy people. Uh, yeah, I think it. I, it's often the tech communities and tech shows that I find, and I'm part of some of these Discord groups, seem to be uh, the best, you know, seem to work best on Discord. Interestingly, Slack, uh, you know, I'm part of them for a few things, but that seems to be more where people use for professional communication. And to your earlier point about keeping things separate, I think, uh, you know, I'm. There are some, you know, I am a couple of the Slack groups that you could call a community, but I, I kind of like, as you say, to keep things separate. You know, Slack is where I communicate with, you know, various colleagues from different things or business associates from different things. Whereas Discord is like, oh, there's, you know, a YouTube show. So, for example, Colin and Samir, the very big YouTubers who YouTube basically are creators who cover the world of the creator economy. They launched a Discord. And I joined that right from the start. And that's been very good. And, but I don't know if I'd have felt so keen if it was on Slack. I certainly wouldn't have felt so keen if it was on WhatsApp. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's it's just interesting. I think, again, there's no hard and fast rule for everybody. You just kind of got to But I also, I was ironic, I wouldn't solicit opinions because everybody has a different opinion. Absolutely. And we've had so many opinions about this. And in the end, it just, we looked at, we looked at single track world and we're like, that makes no sense for us. Um. When I was joking at the beginning that it looked like a forum and you were being self-deprecating about it, I I, I rather like it. And I think what a lot is happening, and I've discussed it in various ways on this show with different aspects, but I think this community forum thing also plays into that, is the kind of back to the future thing that's happening in media at the moment. Like when you and I were first around on the internet, message boards, forums were a really big deal. And it kind of died with the exception of Reddit, which is obviously huge and its own beast but and weirdly underused by publishers very like, weird weirdly underused. underused we'll come back and do a whole show on that <laughs> um and there's obviously some less pleasant platforms that we won't mention but in general that idea of being part of a forum and messaging and building a personality on a forum has i think in mainstream terms disappeared a bit but you lots of other examples you've given show that people still like that and as i say i think it builds into a wider trend that things are sort of reversed reverting back to what we were kind of used to maybe five ten years ago yeah i think there's been so much and i i think actually the i don't want to say the collapse of social media and sound dramatic but it is a huge change oh, in the I, I saw some numbers social. there was a graph yeah. going around about the traffic that was being driven to new sites by social media and it was a complete downward arrow yeah, I think it's one that's it's the way we use social media these days. Like, like it's gone from you choose to make a connection, you choose to add somebody as a friend, you choose to see their content, mm-hmm. 
and it's just it's all switched now to being the platforms trying to recommend what they think you want to see and you know you can log on to instagram and not see a friend post for many 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 posts partly yes. they're not posting also because the instagram's like this is what you want to see and it's like yep. i just want to see my friend's dog pictures that's why i use instagram and i i, th- <laughs> I think there's been this kind of switch back people then go to stories because stories are from people they're following yeah and now we're starting to get like algorithm like reels posted in stories it's like can you just I just like that choice has been taken away from people so i think there's there's then this big swing back to platforms that people or, or, or websites that people can choose what they want to do and what they want to mm. see and who they engage with yeah Obviously- i wonder if i wonder if this i, wonder, I mean the whole print revival thing is nothing but i wonder if that's part of what's sort of driving the print revivals that people want to choose what they want to see and, and know when they want to see like it completely batty yeah i think print uh is a slightly different thing as well because it's just a way like i like reading a print paper magazine because it's a way to not look at a screen for a Mm. bit but so I think it's a slightly different thing but I take your point the kind of logical conclusion to what we're talking about is bringing that community to events in real life now we know events have become very very important to publications post-pandemic do you and you guys do as I've mentioned quite a couple of big events you do the newsletter podcast awards do the newsletter uh publisher newsletter awards the publisher podcast awards that way around so you do you do these events where people get and there are connected forums and stuff with them uh where we can hear from experts and have all sorts of conversations do you see uh the online community you're building as connected to that in real life thing and do you think you could do more uh in real life events i'm going to give your colleagues a panic aren't i you just say yes (laughs) and let them get on with it but you see the point I'm making, that connection between people messaging online and then bringing that into the real world. Well, you've actually hit the other way around of what actually kind of sparked a lot of this for us because okay. the first couple of publisher podcast awards we did, right, networking events is always really, really awkward. Horrendous. Or, no one wants to go or, to them. It's often awkward. <laughs> yeah, horrendous. Um, but we we always found, and I don't know whether it was just the fact that we held, that we, that we normally hold the awards in like a cabaret club. <laughs> or I, whether... I wasn't going to out you. But I had a fun evening. <laughs> there was no nudity. Or one was at a cabaret club, one was in a bar. I'm saying no more. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's just been the fact that we've kind of always had that more kind of casual expectation, but we've always stood on stage afterwards and kind of been slightly shocked and heartened at the fact that there was a genuine community. And people were like, it's amazing to be able to meet other people, yeah. you know, in these job yeah. roles. I think people who work in, at the time, people who worked in podcasting and publishers are quite isolated. Yeah. And they said to us, like, oh, it's amazing to actually be able to, like, come together and chat with people working at other publications. Can we do more of this, please? Right. <laughs> so we were like, okay, yeah. And, yeah, we're, we're a tiny team, so we've not done half as like, if we had, If we did everything on our wish list, this would be a totally sure. different podcast. Um, you know, we tried doing, like, um, uh, mon- the monthly sort of uh, masterclasses and it just the... It's a huge well, amount of work. It's such a huge amount of work. I got pregnant and kind of lost the will to live, so that's a yeah. good story. No, these things are just so, <laughs> so hard. But every year we'd we'd come back and people would be like, this is amazing. It'd be amazing if we if there was a way for us to like talk more regularly. Yeah. Um, which is kind of which which is what got us thinking. Do we start a WhatsApp group for the podcast? Do we start a WhatsApp group for the newsletters? Do we do like a Facebook group? Do like how do we do this? And in the end, we thought, do you know what? Often people work either collaboratively or, you know, they've got sort of multiple different, it's often editors doing podcasts, um, editorials tasks doing newsletters, they're sort of ads, it all interlinks, like it's not very siloed. Um, so we thought, well, let's just do a general media forum 
and we'll make sure there's some podcast and newsletter specific topics you know we'll, we'll email our podcast newsletter audiences and just say this is here yep and hope that it kind of builds from that so it's it we're more trying to address the request from the community for a place to talk than we are like oh here's a community forum let's try and launch an event uh, we, we have no like monetization there's, there's no revenue strategy here for the community it's just we've been wanting to do it for ages nice. and yeah I just I just think there's so many great people that we know that we just want to connect up so that when somebody says I've got a problem with Google Analytics 4 have has anybody else seen this drop off there's a bunch of people being like yes no if you try tweaking this that's what we want interesting yeah uh, that makes complete sense well Essa, it's been such a pleasure having you back on we've mentioned it a lot but just quickly remind people where they can keep up with everything that's going on and join that community if they want to uh, so everything is on voices.media and um, voices.media slash community is the community forum um, it is you do have to register to see the posts that's just a setting we've kept to like try and yeah encourage people to be a little more candid <laughs> Uh, but yeah, everything else is on voices.media. You can find our newsletter to sign up there and our content and podcasts. Uh, and thank you for having me back. No, delighted to. I'm at Charlotte A. Henry or at Charlotte A. Henry across social media. Obviously, I really want you to head over to the edition.net. That's obviously edition A double D or sign up straight away for the newsletter at newsletter.theedition.net. Award winning newsletter. Yeah, thank you, Nancy. <laughs> yes, quite right. I'll do uh, uh, which is obviously where I publish most of the stuff. And if you want to be part of a community there, well, it needs a paid subscription because then you can leave comments in the newsletter. But it's been great having you back, Esther, and I will see you all next week. 